Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. Hey guys, are you at the bottom of your league? Ashamed of your small D FS account? Does your top picks what will make the girls go, nah, bro? Then listen to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Matt Stryker and Mike the Rotocop and turn your war into a roar. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Matt Stryker alongside Mike, the Rotocop, and, of course, the hooker in the corner, Joe, <laughs> making sure that we sound nice and pretty over the airways. Mike, what's going on, man? Not much. A, a new side of Joe that we just found out about before we got on air. Yeah, Joe. Joe's a big-time rugby guy. Not so average, Joe. No, not, so average. not at all, my man. Got to keep the people guessing. There you go. Keep the people guessing, my man says. Uh, Mike, what's going on? How's, how have things been? Things have been good. Uh, at Michael the Roto Cop on Twitter, I just wrote an article last week about Jason Vargas and not uh, not really dealing with regression or if he could sustain what he's doing, just more of how he's doing it. That's something I learned from uh, Nick Pollock over at Pitcher List. That's, that's really what people want to uh, dive into is how somebody's doing it, not uh, if they could keep it up or if they're going to regress. Anybody could say that, but looking into how he's going to how he's actually doing it is something that uh, not many people out there are doing. So that's uh, an avenue that I went down for Jason Vargas. And uh, my DFS articles over at PitcherList.com also every Thursday have been doing pretty well. I'm actually going to accumulate the total from the beginning of the season for every player that I pick and see what the results are. I'll do that around the All-Star break, so that'll be an interesting way to see how I've been doing and if my picks have been helping people out. Yeah, that's definitely a great thing to do is actually make yourself accountable for the things that got fall out of your stupid face each and every week. Yeah, no, I like Daniel Vogel back. He's got a 469 OBP. Oh, put your money on it. And then when Vogel back goes, what, 0 for 5, you don't show up. Of course. But no, there are a lot of people out there that do that, so I like the accountability, definitely. Um, one thing I saw that, that you tweeted, you're a good follow, but you tweeted something to the effect of how certain guys are, like, in, in the All-Star game voting tiers that it's just like it's it's – is it embarrassing to your it's baseball acumen? Like, what's blasphemy? The, is that blasphemy? Is the word I <laughs> you to took use. it there, huh? Because uh, Charlie Blackman, and we'll get into it, but I don't remember exactly what I what the picture I tweeted out. But Charlie Blackman, I think, is ninth in the outfield. Uh, Voting so far this season, okay. The first, the primary vote came in. He's ninth, yeah. So he's ninth behind guys like Kyle Schwarber, Jock Peterson, Nick Markakis. Um, I can't hear anything right now. Uh, Nick Markakis probably better off because you just said Nick Markakis like two or three times. Jason Hayward, Alberto, Albert Amora Jr. is fourth in the voting, which is insane. So when we get into our picks, we'll look at the outfield. But these, the fans shouldn't be voting for this anymore, at least in my uh, humble opinion. All right, fair enough. So uh, you sent me a cool link to kind of do your own all-star game picks which I remember as a kid going to the ballpark they'd have the ballot and, and you could punch the little hanging chad and to I guess I want to say half but I should be realistic two-thirds of the baseball population they punched the hole of the name they know I mean, this is, oh, I know him. Click. In the same way. All you got to do is click it now instead of punch the hole. <laughs> I think that in our little 
underworld, our Harry Potter universe of fantasy sports, and the, the, the one third. We are the thirty-three percent, yo, and a third. Uh, we kind of know, like we see Hunter Renfro's name there, and we go, okay, there's a case where we see C.J. Crone, and we're like, you know what? Either he or Luke Voigt are my starting first baseman yeah. for, for the All Star. So, because because we we know what they've been doing all year, we've been watching them. Well, I uh, actually appeared on Al Milkier's Fantasy Baseball Hour last year, right before the trade deadline. Funny enough. And I went on and I said Bryce Harper shouldn't have been an all-star, even though it was in Washington and it was his last year in Washington. Al kind of disagreed with me. Uh, he brought up a couple of the peripherals, but I didn't think he was deserving. So over the other guys that were there, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. But if, if you really want to get the best players who are having the best season out there, you can only judge them by the first half of the season. You can't judge them by what they did last year. You can't judge them by what they did in their careers. I understand some guys have a little precedent over others if they've been doing it for a long time. But if you want the best players for that season to be playing an all-star game, you're looking at April, May, June. And then when it gets to July, those guys that had the best three months should be in, in my opinion. Now, what's the criteria, though? Is it is it by OPS? Is it by home runs? Because there are going to be guys that still will rank from Seattle's big boom early in the season yeah. to now, that they're going to earn it on what they did in April to May. So what what are we looking at? Are we looking at OPS? Are we looking at, at who, what, what type of the war for the for the few months of the season? Like well, what? it's definitely case by case basis. And somebody like George Springer kind of is what you're talking about. He had an insane start to the season. I think he has uh, 18 homers, 40 something on right. his numbers. His numbers still compare to everyone else in the league. Sure. But he hasn't played in however long it's been. I know he's right. coming back this week. But yes. so now. Would that guy be an all-star when he hasn't played in the last month? Or I, I don't know. That's, that's month? why that, I'm asking. Yeah, what's that, our gauge? That's like where you got to figure out how how good that player really did as opposed to just because he's not on the field right now doesn't mean he shouldn't be an all-star. All right, so then let's look at it. I mean, this is something, again, back to like being a kid. You sit there. See, for me, all-star game has like memories that no one else can actually understand because they're just memories of watching it with my dad. You know, and say, no, he should be an all-star. Oh, he shouldn't be an all-star. But there are great all-star game memories. But we're not, that's, they're not, this show's not going to be that. So let's do it. It's uh, MLB.com has it, right, where you can pick your uh, Yeah, MLB.com. I think you can vote up to five times. All right. And you can bring it up. Uh, I like to sort, so the choices to sort via average home run, RBI, or OPS. That's pretty cool that they do have a way you could sort them. A hundred percent. Because, it, again, if you know... I want to know that, oh, is OPS, whatever. It's the best gauge out of the ones you're offering me. So uh, I, I set it to OPS. And for first baseman in the American League, it's either Luke Voigt or C.J. Crone. I totally agree. Who did, who did you pick for yours? Uh, I, I went C.J. Crone. Okay. I went Luke Voigt. Uh, Jose Abreu also I put in parentheses with uh, CJ Crone. Fine. I think it's between those three. Actually, let me check because I had a screenshot so I could be in both. This is this is just the primary voting. We still got a little ways to go. I went with vote also. Also, I'm sorry. I can't say vote. If I say vote, I say vote also. I've become like a chunk English me completely. Like, I thought Liverpool, Everton, they won it all. Yeah. Luke vote. Fuck yeah. yeah I'm right, um, stuff. You knew they were. Yeah, I know stuff. Uh, for the National League, there was, there was no issue for me. It was Josh Bell. Josh Bell, yes, yeah, so, which is crazy because Alonzo and Freeman are both having crazy years. That doesn't matter. It every year. What matters is Alonzo has 23 homers as a rookie. You would think that would get him into an all-star game, starting the all-star game, but Josh Bell has had a crazy first half. But this is also only guys that are going to start. Like, yeah. there will there'll be a vote and Cohen oh. will be on the team. Uh, Alonzo and yeah, maybe, well, maybe not. Alonzo will make up the boot, but yeah, okay. Alonzo and Freeman should both. Uh, second base for the, for the AL. 
This was interesting to me. I want to know who you picked, and I'm going to tell you who I picked. This is based off of just OPS rankings and what I've watched in baseball this year. I picked Brandon Lau. You did. He's a Tommy, top guy. With Tommy Listella as the backup in okay. parentheses. And okay. the, after you tell me who you picked, I'll tell you who the fans have leading right now. I picked DJ LeMahieu. Interesting. Uh, Tommy Listella is the leading vote getter in the yeah. National League right now. You know, second, Jose Altuve. Who hasn't played, who will play. Tonight or tomorrow, but hasn't played in, in a minute. Going back, uh, just so I don't forget, Luke Floyd is the leading vote getter at first base. CJ Crown is second. Nice. Josh Bell is the leader at first base. Yep. Freddie Freeman is second. Nice. And at second base, again, at second base for NL, I went with, uh, there's two names, but it's Mustakis. I think there's one. Ooh, really? And then Kettle Marte. I think Kettle Marte would be, would okay. be the guy here. I, I can't, I, you cannot overlook what Mustakis is doing just because he plays on the same team as Yelich. Put those numbers together, and I, are you ready for blasphemy? I'm going to blaspheme Mantle Maris esque. Yeah. Look uh, at the numbers. I, Hold me to it. The make the soundbite. Retweet it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Ozzy Albies leads in second base. And he's having a decent year, but he's not okay. having a year. Cut Where's Colton Wong? I, I got to look that up. Uh, Mike Moustakis is second okay. in voting right now. Clinton right. Wong, I will get it for you right now. Get it. Second get base. Get it, get it, make it eighth. go. Really? Eighth. Yeah, Marte wow. is third. Enrique Hernandez is fourth. Kiki sure. uh, Cesar Hernandez is fifth. Daniel Descalso, Robinson Cano, Colton Wong, Brian Dozier. Oh, wow. How does Colton Wong have less votes than Robinson Cano? I don't know. Voting things All right, uh, third base for the American League. I had Alex Bregman. Same with Rafael Devers as the... Second. Mm-hmm. And third base, uh, NL, I had Anthony Rendon. And then I had uh, Escobar as an honorable mention. What about Nolan Arenado? I don't. He's no, there. No, 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 but no, I, no. Picked, I picked Rendon. I think he's just having a, a banging of a spanger of a season. So I got Arenado and then Rendon second. Arenado is leading Volcetta right now. Chris Bryant is the second leading Volcetta. Should he be? No, I think Rendon is definitely okay. having a better year than Brian. Brian's not having a bad year, but right. I think Rendon's excelling in uh, in Washington this year. Um, Bregman is the leading vote getter in the American League. Nice. Second is Chio or Shella. Okay, that's really? it is that's interesting. I feel like Yankee fans are like flooding the ballots here. Show your ID. Answer this census citizenship question uh, for shortstop in the American League. It's it's Polanco. Polanco is the leading vote getter. I went with uh, Alexander Bogarts, but okay. I think a case can be made for Monsi and Polanco. Okay, and then on the, on the, in the other league, I wanted to go with Tatis, but it's Trevor Story. Ooh, in the other league, I forgot to pick my shortstop. I'll do it right now. Looking at do it, do it now. Uh, Javi Baez is the leading vote getter. Two eighty six, seventeen forty six. Paul De Young, Trevor Paul Story, Fernando Tatis, Turner. You can't do it because he hasn't played. CJ Super has no Story. arm. Swan- Don Dansby Swanson, maybe. Swanson is second in the voting. Interesting. So make a uh, pick. I would go story. Fair story enough. one, Baez two, or vice versa, whoever you want to go with that. All right, you got any interesting facts about that or no? No, just Baez, Swanson is what it is in the NL right now. Polanco Correa yeah. in the NL. Yeah. Obviously, Correa is not the second best shortstop uh, in the catcher, NL. It's, it's Modesty and Polanco. It's Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez, James McCann second. In the NL, it's pretty much between uh, Guandal and Contreras for me. Yep. And then, if you look at the voting, Brian McCann is second behind Contreras, which is a little bit crazy. Ask me who my catcher is for the NL. Who's your catcher for the NL? It's Carson Kelly. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because I want to be cool, <laughs> and he's a Cardinal, and um, I knew he was going to be good when he went over there, and I kind of just want... I mean, yeah, yes, Monty Grandal is fine, but... Uh, <laughs> 
Whatever. Amito could be another guy. Sure. He's right. All right. Outfield for me in the AL was Trout, Meadows, Springer, Brantley, Buxton before he got hurt. Uh, NL <laughs> Yelich, Bellinger, Renfro, Soto. Alright, so in NL you forgot Acuna and Blackman. I forget them. Who are both, they're having better seasons than Juan Soto and Hunter Renfro. Okay. For sure. I'm just going with my picks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? And that's what I've been Speaking of forgetting somebody, aren't we forgetting about Brian McCann over in the NL? I just mentioned him. Uh, Brian McCann is second in the NL in voting for all-star votes. Oh, but he doesn't deserve that by any means. Underrated. How does that make you climb out of your lair? <laughs> is there an affinity? Is there a connection to Brian McCann in your life? No, but he's just been hella consistent. He, he's okay. having a good season. No, he is. Especially catcher-wise, but he's not having a season that right. other guys are having. But great input, Joe. Nice. Really was. Uh, and then that's it, and then the pitchers yeah, just went my American League. Oh, yeah, yeah, do, do your things. Do, <laughs> that thing, do that thing where you talk. Trout, Springer, Rosario with Joey Gallo. Oh, I forgot Rosario. Second. I'm sorry. So now I'm going to sorry. Tell you. <laughs> I forgot Rosario. Now I'm going to tell you the, the voting. So Trout, Springer, Brantley is leading the voting right now in the American League with Austin Meadows, Mookie Betts, and Rosario as the backups. In the National League, it's Bellinger, Yelich, Acuna. And this is where it got crazy with the Charlie Blackman stuff. Three, uh, four, five, six in the National League are Albert Almora, Jason Hayward, and Nick Markakis. Really? Which is actually Say those shocking. three names again? Almora, Hayward, and Markakis. So Ew. that right there is why the fans should not be. Uh, DH in the American League... J.D. Martinez is the leading J.D. Right Martinez, Nelson Cruz, Otani. Hunter Pence is second right now. He's hurt. Just He's not going to So things will change. Obviously, things are going to change. Vogelback? Has Vogelback done enough to earn that? Uh, I don't think so, personally, but he's having a great year for his standard. That's for sure. For his standard. Ooh. Uh, Ooh Avisel Garcia, Chris Davis has 15 homers. But he's not doing what he should do, I should say. Uh, no. J.D.'s the guy to go there. Yep. Stanton, zero no. homers, zero RBIs. No. I'm sure he's going to be, be up there in the vote too. It would be embarrassing if he Let's see what he is in went the there. He is sixth right now. That's hitting 250, zero, zero. That is a sixth. better proof to your point than anything else that Giancarlo Stanton is the sixth ranked vote getter at his position when he has played how many games this year? One. But, yeah, so, yeah. Um, that, that's cool. I like the All-Star game, man. For me, it, I like when they would wear their uniforms, though, individual uniforms. Mm-hmm. So you'd see that, like, patchwork kind of picture in front of your Patchwork picture pixelation, he said. Have you ever been to the All-Star game? No. I went last year when it was in uh, Miami. I went to the Home Run Derby, and cool. I saw Judge versus Stanton, the Home Run Derby Stanton's last year with the Marlins. Uh, or two years ago, I should say. This was two years ago? That's my first day on this planet. Yes, this was two years ago. I went to the all well, game two years ago. Um, we went to that. I saw the Futures <laughs> game. I might be dying. The Futures game, which was an awesome time. And then we saw the All-Star game. Did we see the All-Star game? No, we left before the All-Star You're game. You're asking we me? I wasn't there. We went for the Home Run Derby. We left for the All-Star game. That's what it was. Oh, that's but a T-shirt. Go for the Home Run Derby. Leave for the All-Star game. 2014, oh, Felix Hernandez finally got his uh, okay. his rightful due and started the All-Star game. That to was the, the highlight of my uh, 
watching baseball career. To the new fan, Mike is an ardent King Felix fan and thus an ardent. My sister was having a baby. I was in the hospital and we turned on, we, I turned on we. King Felix in her hospital room Ugh. and watched it. How, how, old's, the first how old's the baby now? Three? No, this was 2014. So, 25. Cute. Enjoy. Healthy, happy. Thank God. Yes, sir. Fair enough, in spite of having to watch King Felix pitch. Um, she right, wasn't cool. born yet at that time. Who King? Oh, the baby. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, anything else, dude? As far as all star game goes, no. Uh, we do you want to play a game of Is It Sustainable? All right. What's Is It Sustainable? This is like this new age ergonomic, economic, environmental game. This is, is he for real under a new. Uh, yeah, how come he changed the name? What's it called? The Rebranding, right? I'm sorry, I said the W word. No, so it, I said it, the it, w I'm just trying to figure out what you're trying to say. Here, you know buddy. what I'm trying to say? Where they they repackage, rebrand. Sure, any of that. Any right? of that is. Any of that is. Have uh, you ever been repackaged? Um, did they ever try switching you from like Matt Striker to Matt? Never Stryker? that, but they did. When I first got there, I was a good guy. Yeah, I'm a good guy. And one day, Vince walked past me in the hallway and goes, "Damn it, I hated my teachers in school. Can you make me hate you?" And I looked at him because I was so nervous. I just looked at him and like smiled, like, <laughs> I hate that smile. And that was it. He's like, I want you to smile. I want you to lecture. That's not necessarily a rebranding, but that's something similar. It's like his uh, his creative control almost. Dude, let me tell you something. For, oh, you can say whatever you want, and I get it. He's what seventy one, two, three, whatever. His cognition, all this. The, the guy's the guy's a genius, and oh, for sure. we would not. He's just, you have no idea, bro. You have no idea. That guy is out there. Is there level. like an aura around him? I mean, I guess in anything in life, if you allow someone to have a magnitude about you and you revere them, then of course. Look, at, look at how you are towards me. Shut up. I work with some guy and he somehow ended up hanging out with Beyonce and Jay-Z like a couple times. There was more than one occasion. And he said like they had an aura around them where almost like when they walked in the room, everybody would like turn their head. Like when they were around, you like almost felt it. He said it was like the weirdest thing because he's never experienced Maybe that before. Maybe it's not weird. Maybe it's like st the universe. And Does Vincent Man have that? Uh, yeah, let me tell you something. <laughs> Maybe I'm not qualified to see that, but I, I don't know. Can he hide in a room? Probably not. Interesting. Probably not. Chael Sonnen says he, every time he walks into a room, he looks around to see if he could beat everybody up in the room. That's an interesting thought. I used to be that way, too. You don't think that way? No, I don't think that way. Do you walk into a room and go, is anyone a suspect? Where, where are the exits? Who may or may not have a, a, a gun in here? Uh, it depends what kind of room I'm in, but usually I'm not in those rooms. Right. I try to stay out of those rooms. But where are you at your best? Where are you at your element as as a counterterrorism law enforcement agent? Uh, I don't know how to answer that question. Out of out of. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. Out of you're not allowed to say, or because a little bit of both. Fair enough. I respect. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. Question. All right, cool, man. Yeah, is he sustainable? Is he sustainable? Nice. Good segue. All right, so the first guy on the list is Hunter Renfro. Is this sustainable? Is he going to do this uh, in, in August and September? No, you tell me. You're the one uh, anointing this guy. Yeah, right. uh, yeah uh, the, the two, two schools of thought here. One is yes, because you've been hearing about him in, in that system. But then just about four days ago, I heard that, and this could be rumor, it's the Internet, that San Diego was willing to listen to offers for him, mm -hmm. and I guess either they love Framil Reyes and they figured out their outfield situation and and 
I always thought Margot would be the guy to go just because Margot Escargot. Look at that Escargot. Uh, but either way, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's sustainable. I think he's a good hitter. Um, to well, what do you degree? think sustainable? Because he has 23 homers and he's hitting 257. Are both those numbers sustainable? Is he going to hit 40 homers and hit 260 for the year? He's going to hit 260 for the year, sure. Okay. Uh, is he going to hit 40 home runs? He's at 23. He no. 26 last year and 117. He won't games. hit 40. He won't hit 40. You don't think he'll hit 40? No. In the last year, only one player has more homers than Hunter Renfro in the last 365 days. Chris Davis. Christian Yelich. Wow, nice. Um, launch angle's down from last season. I thought that was a little interesting. Okay. I don't even know how that's possible. But everything across the board besides that was pretty much similar to last year. Only difference I found, and it's it doesn't tell us much, last year he hit... 170 against off speed. This year he's hitting 360 against off speed, which is great. And that would be a sign to point to why he's doing so well. Wait, wait, what changed? But then you look at his against breaking balls last year at 248. This year he's hitting 130. So I really that's not as drastic as a, as a 170 to 360. What's causing that percentage change in anything you do in life? What, what causes that efficiency rise? I want to know. As a teacher, that kid was getting 40s, and now that kid's getting 80s. I need to understand. You're not cheating. What are you doing? It's good coaching. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Uh, uh, but so, yeah, for me, he's sustainable. For you, he's sustainable. I know yeah, I he's, he's, he's owned in, like, a, an astoundingly few number, like, percentage-wise in leagues. He's out there. So get him. Yes? No? Yeah, definitely. Fair enough. Uh, who's the next guy on this list? Because Jorge Soler, who is ah, okay. kind of like Hunter Renfro light a little bit. Okay. Somebody with a little less power, uh, but he's another power hitter who's exit velo and hard hit are both above average. Um, like I said, I put him down as a poor man's Renfro when you look at the peripherals. He does have more RBIs. He has 51 RBIs this year, 19 homers, which is a bit surprising. But I think he's another guy that's sustainable. Uh, the thing with Jorge Soler was he was enjoying success in a, in a healthy Royal lineup that had Alex Gordon, that had Hunter Dozier, that that Nicky Lopez came up and ignited things. Uh, those go- uh, in different ignited, but yeah. Okay, fine, fair on. enough, fair enough. But he uh, he made things fun. Cool. Merrifield moved to the outfield. It was just cool to be watching the Kansas City Royals play, and Soler was reveling in that. Then Dozier goes down, and then Gordon moves up in the lineup. I think Dozier comes back. And um, there's other players out there that you can get, but uh, no. <laughs> I, don't mind, no. I, I really don't mind so yeah. I think the power's there, 30-plus 30 plus, 30 plus bombs. The average is a little bit low. His, his bat-up's a little bit low at 280, so that's going to go up a little bit. Uh, I don't mind Solaire. Like I said, I think he's uh, a little worse of a version than Hunter Renfro. Okay. Where he's that power guy that you want in your lineup. He might not give you the same amount of homers. He has 19 homers. You think he finishes with 40? No. Yeah. I'd be shocked. And if he did, then what does his ADP become, you know, in, in 2020? It's actually going to be very high. But let me write that down real quick. Matt says Hunter Renfro and Jorge Soler won't finish with 40-plus home runs. All right, we're good. Okay. I'll hold you to that. Cool. Fair enough. That's fun. I'm just rethinking my thought process here. Um, nice shirt, by the way. Hey, thanks, man. Shout-out to the my cameras buddies at... At Rotoware, 
This is the this is the bomb.com, as the kids say. It's funny. The bomb.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see the Rotowear shirt made it to ESPN? Yeah. The Maximum yeah. shirt? Well, I'm, I'm driving to a house, and my, my girl goes, uh, there's something in between the door. I'm like, how do you know? We're not even there. And then she didn't say anything, and I right. got there. I saw that red, red nice envelope. I saw it. I opened it. Did you tell her about the promo code? I did. I told her about the promo code. Which is? Uh, FBBH. There you go. There you go. I know you're a busy man. How was yeah. the fight this weekend? Tyson Fury. Yeah, was, was it? Good. Everything was good. Who did you talk to? I talked Freddy to everybody Roach? under the sun. Did you see Freddie Roach there? Was he there? I did not see Freddie Roach there. He was not there. I did not see him. Was Wilder there? I didn't see Deontay Wilder there. Joshua? No. He probably won't show his face. Nah, there were a while. couple other heavyweights that were there, but uh, no. Nah. Who's the most famous person you talked to? On that day? Yeah. Why on your trip? Most famous? I don't know. What? I'm just curious. I texted with you. Who's the most famous person you interviewed? How about that? Oh, oh gosh. I don't know. Maybe Frank Warren, Fury's promoter. How was he? Nice, nice, nice British man, you know, he's doing the right thing. Tyson's going to come out here and try and make things look good. He, he did. He sang the Aerosmith song. Did you see that, Joe? He sang an Aerosmith song to his girl in the middle of the ring after the, ma- after the fight. It was great. You should watch it. Um, anybody else that you want to know, are they sustainable if people are out there trying to pick up? Yeah. Brandon Workman. Yeah. What's the deal? He's great. Yeah. 1.6 ERA. Uh, I don't know how great it's going to be the rest of the year. He has a 145 Babbitt. What do you say to Matt Barnes owners? I say I'd rather have Matt Barnes and Brandon Workman, so don't, uh, I'm don't go sneeze. crazy. <laughs> so, I sneeze on Matt Barnes and all of his owners. Um, one point, uh, .145 Babbitt, which is obviously horrendous, so he's getting extremely lucky. XFIT, like it says on your shirt, 3.64. Sierra, 3.97. So that's a bunch of red flags there. Yeah. His curveball is actually one of the most used and best curveballs in baseball. 47.3% usage on a curveball. How crazy is that? Every other pitch is a curveball. So is that sustainable? Is he someone to go out and get? Should he be owned? I put he's not sustainable with the caveat of holding on to him because he may work his way into some saves, injury permitting. But there's only one way to go from here with a 1.6 ERA and a name like Brandon Workman, and it's regression. So it's not sustainable. Did you write that there's only one way to go and it's regression? Are those like, or did you, was that you being you? I want to know your process. Uh, what did I put here? No, you wrote it. I know you. You write everything. Nothing from you comes out that's organically. Not that's not true. I did write that, but that's not true. Uh, before, <laughs> we, have a, we have a guest notes. coming, calling in in a Joe's little bit. Joe's got something to say. What? Well, now on podcast studio. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, check that out. In any case, though, uh, it's really interesting that you're talking about Workman and whether he's going to regress or not. And it's funny enough, you sneezed when you were talking about it, right? Sneeze on the truth. Well, yeah, it's a it's a uh, sneeze of, sneeze of, or what does it say? Uh, sneeze a blessing. As a matter of fact, it comes from the Odyssey. Just yeah. in case you were wondering out there, and uh, you're gonna have to elaborate. So I sneezed on Workman while he's talking about Workman. Right. That means so Workman's going to be great. Yep, really, as it were. I'll write that one down. Yeah, write that one down too. I wrote that one down. <laughs> Joe's, <over here>. Joe's <laughs> sneezing on the truth. Brandon thing. Workman is the next closer to the next fantasy. Um, so who would you rather have, Brandon Workman or Matt Barnes? Matt Barnes. Okay, fair enough. Three Matt Barnes. If I have Brandon Workman already, I'm holding on to him. Okay. Maybe if you're in a holds league, you could try and convince somebody to trade for him. But uh, I'll go Matt Barnes long term. Even Ryan Brazier got another save. Yeah. Now he's back from the IL. I'll go him long term as well. Julio Tehran. 
who's been around for a while now, and we've seen him do this before, 2013, 2014, and now he has an ERA of 292, which is not very Julio Tehran-like from what we got used to over the past four years or whatever it was. Yeah, I think he gives up too many free passes, and it'll eventually burn him. His walk percentage is 11.4, and his bat was at a 231 style regress also. Usually when there's pitchers like him that come out of the, I don't want to say come out of the shadows because he's been here for a while now, but really excel. Wow, you got to have Julio lurking, yo. <laughs> like, good one. But usually guys that excel out of nowhere like this are guys that develop a new pitch or change their delivery a little bit, release points. There's nothing really that shows that for him. So I, I've had ownership of Julio Tehran in leagues for the better part of three seasons. Julio Tehran going to do what Julio Tehran going to do. Like, and I also think with that pitching staff, with people forget Keiko's coming. He's going to make everything he's better. He's here in a couple of days. Yeah, he's going to make everything better. Soraka's been pitching really, really well. I like Julio Tehran. I think he is sustainable. And if he's out there, he's definitely a guy that you could pick up, you could stream, you can even own you know, all the rest of the season. But again, and you're looking at sustainable, not sustainable. If he finishes the rest of the season with a, and he ends up with a 3.5 ERA, that's a great year for Toronto. I would consider that sustainable. Okay. Even though it's a 2-9 now, I would consider a 3-5 sustainable now. Yeah. You going to call it yet? No. Oh, you look like uh, If he finishes around a 4, which I think is more realistic for him to finish around a 4-5, if he finishes around a 4, how sustainable really is it? If you're in a daily <laughs> league, this would be the time to get rid of them. Right. That's some good points. Uh, l- l- let's do an Thanks. intro. So coming up momentarily, we have a, a great get again by Mikey, the get guy. Uh, tell the world who's coming on our show, bro. Prospect Jesus. Nice. Cool I don't know how I feel about the name. Ralph Lifshitz, ni- a nice Jewish boy, calling himself Prospect Jesus. I'm not sure. Prospects Live. Uh, his bio says, minor league writer, co-host of the Prospect Podcast, the Razzball Podcast, and a proud father of three. Nice. He's from behind home plate, USA. There you go. Aren't we all? So uh, we wait as uh, at Prospect Jesus, Ralph Lifshitz calls in. Uh, I personally have caught most of Ralph's stuff on Sirius XM when, he, when he's on different, fan tracks. different shows. Uh, I follow him and I read him a lot, especially on social media. It's a good follow. There's a lot of uh, good follows, and I think that I try to like purge my Twitter timeline. But before we get there, let's get here. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right, check it in on the Fantasy Baseball Hour. One of my personal favorite follows on Twitter, at Prospect Jesus. And when lightning strikes you, I am moving out of the way. Ralph Lifshitz, what's going on, man? Welcome. What's going on, Matt? How are you? Yeah, lightning hasn't struck me yet. But, um, you know, I try to stay on the right side of comedy. <laughs> what's going on, Ralph? Thanks for coming on. What's going on, Mike? How are you, bud? Doing good, doing good. We got uh, a couple things for you here that our fantasy owners are... Fantasy listeners, I should say, are very intrigued about hearing about. And we'll start off with Logan Allen, who will be making his debut this week. And I know you probably have a ton of stuff on him. What do you got for us? Yeah, um, you know, Allen's one of these guys. He actually came over, um, I think, in the Kimball trade from the Red Sox. And I had seen him many years ago um, with Lowell for a really short, uh, brief period of time. One start, through about four innings, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stuff is good. I mean, he's got a good fastball. I think really, you know, the, 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 
great uh, pitch for him in his arsenal. Is that split change? He's got like a Vulcan grip on it. You can go and check that out on Twitter, on the internet, if you Google it. Um, it his hands are massive, so he's able to kind of get, um, you know, both his uh, his middle finger and his pointer finger kind of on like both sides of the ball, almost on, on the, you know, the sides of the seams. Uh, he gets a lot of movement on that pitch. It's been a good strikeout put out pitch for him, and I think that's probably something that he's going to have to rely on going forward. Hasn't had a great season thus far uh, in the PCL. Um, was a little lucky last year in his first case in AAA, but he was really strong in AA last year. I think he threw about 120 so innings. Um, he was a 26%, 27% K rate kind of player. Um, the control and command can go at times, but overall, I mean, he's, he's got good stuff. He gets a little buried in this Padres system just because it's so deep with talent, pitching talent on top of that. But, um, you know, he's a talented dude, and I, I think, you know, I don't know, I don't know necessarily how he'll look. Uh, I think it's tonight that he's going uh, on Tuesday, but um, I think long term, he's definitely a viable, like, high end, maybe four or five uh, starter that, you know, you're going to play the matchups with him a little bit. Certainly the home matchups, you know, for the most part will be good. Gets the Giants a few times a year, so it's always good. Um, but, you know, overall, I think, I think he's somebody that's viable, probably more in like your 14 team leagues or deeper, and he's more of a streamer in 12 team leagues at this point. Yeah, he's going tonight against uh, Milwaukee against Brandon Woodruff, which should be a good pitching matchup. Another yeah. pitcher I wanted to talk about, and you really, I'm sure you can't open your Twitter without hearing his name, and it's <laughs> Zach Allen. Everybody yeah. wants to know when he's coming, if he's coming. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know if he's necessarily coming. I mean, we know what what sort of went on last week with Urena uh, being moved to the forty man. They did not make the move there. Because the people were surprised that uh, Jordan Yamamoto ended up uh, getting the call mm-hmm. over Gallon. Um, but I think it's you know it's a forty man thing, and uh, the Marlins really have no reason to start this guy's clock. Uh, though he is twenty three, he'll be twenty four years old in August. Um, he's a guy that you know really relies on you know sort of uh, it's. Kind of a little coming to the season as plus command. I think at this point, you know, based on what he's done um, in a very tough pitching environment, you know, obviously we mentioned the PCL, they're doing it with the juice balls, and I think it's almost ticked up to plus plus commands. I mean, his walk rate is is you know minuscule. I mean, it's it's under six percent, which is always something I look for. Yeah. He's over thirty percent with the strikeouts. That's ticked up a little bit, uh, but he's always been a guy that's had the ability to miss bats but also pair that with good control. Keeps the ball in the ballpark for the most part. Uh, he's more ground ball heavy than fly ball heavy, but he's not like an extreme ground ball pitcher. He's not a guy that's going to have like a 50% st- uh, ground ball rate, probably somewhere around like, you know, 44 to 47. Um, he's going to be up at some point this summer. I'd be shocked if he isn't. He certainly has earned that spot. Um, but I think to some degree, I think the hyperbole has gotten a little over the top. Um, he's a talented guy. He's a good pitching prospect. He's been phenomenal this year. Um, but I've seen people on you know Twitter throwing him up there with you know top twenty-five, top thirty starters in the major leagues. I heard somebody say that he was he was on par with Herman Marquez today. And you know Marquez Marquez gets gets hurt, dinged a little bit because of the home park. But if you look at the underlying numbers, I mean he's a guy that you know unfortunately ERA is never sort of in line with you know his underlying you know stats that is fit and some of those. Pro- Peripherals, but um, I think Dallin is, is a mid-rotation guy. I don't think he's going to be an ace, um, but I do hope that he proves me wrong. The talent's certainly there, and uh, 
if you own them right now, um, you know, in Dynasty, you're, uh, you're happy because the investment was probably pretty cheap for what the potential payoff is. Um, he's a stash and redraft, but I think it depends upon your bench. Um, maybe a guy in a shallower 12 team leagues where you're sort of adding and dropping if you need, yeah, um, pitching and you're just kind of hoping that maybe you catch lightning in a bottle and it gets called up while he's in your roster. So catching lightning in a bottle is the, the right segue. So remember earlier in the season, all these guys were coming up, Lopez, Mercado, here, Abijo, everyone ran and got them. Now here we are for like a couple, a month and a half, two months later, a lot of those guys have faded away. Way, and yet Mercado stays consistent. Were you able to see him coming? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the thing with him was just it was it was playing time and opportunity. Um, if you looked at his batted ball profile and some of the things that he was doing, he's always had pretty good approach, um, but he made a concerted effort to you know put the ball uh, in the air a little bit more um, and, and hit for harder contact. He's always actually had a decent fly ball rate, um, but the hard contact really started to, to tick up a little bit over the last year um really in 2018, I think a lot of folks felt that uh, it was a good move for the Indians when they were able to grab him, and a lot of people clamoring for him to even play camp just because of the options that were in, you know, that Indians outfield. Some of the guys that were running out there, I think we all knew he was better than that. Um, yeah, I thought he got a little underrated in the whole fab apocalypse with you know Kira and, and Rogers and Riley and all these guys that came through. If you were in NFBC leagues, they all seemed to get activated in the same week. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's always been fast. He's always been able to run. Um, so I think the fact that he has that power, there is some approach. And the fact that he gets on, I know the, the on-base percentage hasn't been great thus far in the majors, but I think that will, that will start to surface a little bit. You know, this is a guy over the last year that's been you know, somewhere between like 9 and 12% in terms of the walk rates. And when you watch him, I mean, he's, uh, he's patient. You know, he, he definitely sits off of uh, bad pitches. He's got a good eye at the plate. Um, but it's not the kind of thing where he's too passive, which happens at times with guys where, you know, they have these high walk rates, but they maybe have a 28 or 29 plus percent strikeout rate, and a lot of that is because they're too passive on stuff that's on the outside of the part of the plate. He's a guy that will look to drive the ball there, um, and like I said, you know, he's, he's stole uh, a ton of bases in the minors. I think he's had I want to say three or four 30 steal um, seasons already, or thereabouts. Um, he had a 50 steal season actually back in 2015, so um, he's a guy that can run, can hit a little bit for power, get on base. He's not going to strike out a lot, so he's going to hit for a decent average just because of the speed and the contact ability and the power. Um, he's going to have a high bay rip. You know, I think that's probably going to consistently stay where it is. He's a guy that should probably be, you know, if you look at that number, somewhere between like 320 and 350 just because of those underlying skills. So I think he was underrated, and I think the biggest thing with these prospects, and it was kind of a knock, at least for me, on uh, Keston Hira, Long term, at least for this season, and certainly Brendan Rodgers was, you know, the opportunity, and, and Mercado had that, and he's he's taken it and run with it. And you see what the numbers are um, across the board. You know, really, he's a really, really productive player. Yeah, over the last fourteen days, he's hitting three thirty three, and he's done a really nice job with uh, fastball and breaking pitches. He still really hasn't figured out off speed yet, but I think that's the mm-hmm. the next step in his evolution. But we'll go from the good to the bad here. And you mentioned Brendan Rodgers, and I just wanted to touch on the Rockies and how they deal with their prospects. We saw it with. Gary Garrett Hampson, Ryan McMahon, uh, now Brendan Rodgers. We could go through a list of so many guys. Are you pretty much finished trusting the Rockies and, and drafting their prospects? 
Yeah, I think he was. See, I saw a lot of Rogers the last two years. He was in Hartford in 2017 and returned for for half of 2018. And you know, I had my. I, he's one of these guys that he gets a buy and just innate bat to ball skills. This ton, the ton of just raw power at the point of contact. You know, his battle looks to eat consistently, but his approach kind of stinks. Um, He'll expand the zone at times, and, you know, he almost is kind of has Mikel Franco disease where he'll make contact with pitches because he can because his hands are that special, but he doesn't necessarily look for the right pitches to drive, um, and that's that's a problem. Um, I think everyone saw the AAA numbers, um, you know, being as it were, you know, Albuquerque is, is real dry. It's one of these places where the ball flies, um, and, you know, the point of those juice balls. So mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of it. I, I honestly didn't think he was ready when he got called up. I mean, um, and I had kind of told everybody in the offseason that, you know, if, if, if you have Brandon Rogers and he gets off to a hot start in AAA, I'd like to move him. And, I, I, you know, I, I guess the shine's, you know, off a little bit now, but um, I still think he's a very movable piece. And I think that some of those uh, approach issues that I saw over the last couple of years, and they did get that in 2018. I do want to say he did show some improvement. There's development there, but it was slow coming. Um, you know, personality-wise, he's kind of a stubborn guy. So it's not a huge shock to me um, that, you know, he's had some struggles. I think the other part of it is, you know, certainly – the Rockies and their history with, with prospects. But if you look, it's like the guys that they feel can immediate, contri- immediately contribute and they don't have any questions about, you know, the type of hitters that they are. Those guys come up and play right away. Trevor Story was an example. Arenado was another example. There's been other guys that kind of brought along slowly. Donald's had some injuries, but I think really had he not been injured, he would have been in that lineup consistently mm-hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. It's just Donald is like glass. I mean, he's just constantly been injured throughout his career. I mean, Dayton Batcher's time in the minors. And, um, you know, guys like Tapia or I think a great example is Charlie Blackman. Charlie Blackman, I think, was in the majors for multiple stints over the course of three years before he really had his breakout. Um, so, I, you see, I don't want to knock him too much because as much as we knock the Rockies, they have done a pretty good job in developing hitters at the major league level uh, across the board. Um, we may get frustrated as fantasy owners, as dynasty players, and all these guys because um, they all get the bump when they get. I mean, any player that gets drafted by the Rockies immediately jumps up like thirty spots on a prospect list um, just because of the prospect they're playing at Coors. The other part of it is outside of Hartford, which is kind of like hitter neutral, somewhat hitter friendly. All of their parks are really hitter friendly. Grand Junction is very hitter friendly in the short season. Later. Um, uh, um, Asheville is incredibly hitter friendly. You know, you, you go out to Lancaster. I mean, the hangar is, is like playing on the moon. I mean, if you play like MLB The Show back in the day, and you got like the moon ballpark and like every ball left, like that's exactly what it's like playing in the hangar in Lancaster. That park is bananas in terms of in terms of um, boosting power. And then Albuquerque's the same thing, and they have the juice balls. So I think their numbers always always pad a little bit. So we kind of buy into that. Um, so I, it's funny. I, it's one of those things where it's like you can knock the Rockies, but at the same time, I don't think the process is necessarily wrong. But I would like to see Brandon Rodgers go back to AAA, get some more at bats. I mean, he's at the AAA level, he's had under 60 games. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's spent a lot of time there. And I think he is a player that could probably, um, it would do him some good if he did spend an extended period of time, maybe a full season just about in Albuquerque, uh, to get some of those quirks down and really improve his approach. Um, but Rod's talent wise as a hitter, there are 
are very few guys I've seen in the minor leagues that can that can match. He's probably top ten in terms of his ability to, to pair contact and power. It's a matter of him, um, you know, having a plan and sticking to it, and uh, just being a little bit more cerebral as a hitter. So you're the guy that, that sees them coming before everyone else. Can you give me a handful? Give me two, three guys that I. Listeners should be keeping an eye out for coming up uh, before September. Someone that can help you in your leagues. Ooh. <laughs> this is so tough right now because I feel like um, the, the the actual player pool. So many guys have gotten called up, and it's, it's just a matter of like where the opportunity is. Um, you know, I, we've already seen Carter Kaiboom, but I, I think that as a prospect, he gets underrated. When we come out with a new prospect list over on Prospects Live. Uh, we're going through it last time. We talked a little bit on the, on the podcast. I actually have Carter Kyle as a number three prospect in baseball. Um, the guy pairs contact, approach, um, and and when I say approach, I mean he has a like his walk rate's like sixteen percent, and he strikes out under twenty percent of the time. So he doesn't expand the zone. He knows the pitches that he wants to drive. There's been progression year over year throughout his career, and you know I think he's a guy um, that can come up and and definitely you know contribute right away. Um, if you're looking for a guy that's maybe a little bit more off the radar, um, you know, if we're looking at, like, these, these three true outcome pro- prospects and, and style players, um, I think Josh Ockamy from Pawtucket gets underrated a little bit. Um, I've seen him mash in Pawtucket so far this season. He strikes out a lot, but batting average is always going to stink. If you play in OPS leagues, if this guy gets an opportunity... You know, I really think that he can be a contributor at the major league level. It's probably going to be as a platoon bat, um, but I think overall he's a guy that you know can hit and um, you know can hit for a lot of power almost almost immediately. Um, you know, other guys. You know, there's a guy that was in this most recent draft, and he's not really a sleeper at all, um, but. I think Andrew Vaughn. I think Andrew Vaughn's a top ten fantasy prospect. I saw Andrew Vaughn on the Cape last summer. Um, you know, with where he had before he joined Team USA, so about a year ago now. And um, prior to seeing Eloy in August uh, with Charlotte, I felt like other than Blackero Jr., who I was lucky enough to have forty minutes from my house, and <laughs> I pretty much lived in Manchester, trying to catch as many black games as I could between Hartford and Manchester, about you know an hour from, from Hartford and about forty from Manchester. Um, outside of him, I mean, I thought Vaughn was the best, the best hitter not in the major leagues that I saw last year, and that's you know pretty heady company because I saw a lot of good hitters last year. You know, Bobuchet certainly being one of them, Rogers another guy. Um, so that's one, and then I'll throw a name at you that you know I think should be creeping up on, on prospect list, probably a, a top ten guy. He doesn't get the same love that a lot of other names do, and that's um, that's Gavin Lux of the Dodgers. Um, he's another guy that has excellent approach, can run a little bit. He's added power to his game over the last year and has picked up. Um, doesn't stand his own, doesn't strike out a lot. He's going to be able to hit for contact. I think he can handle you know second base or shortstop. Um, you know, Cedar's out for a long period of time. There's some more injuries in that infield. It wouldn't shock me uh, if Gavin Lux ends up getting an opportunity right now. But other than that, I feel like there's a lot of guys. A lot of the talent is sort of below double A right now um, when we're looking at the big impact guys. I mean, other than the players that we've seen, guys like Kyle Tucker, guys like Carter Kaiboom. Uh, and then one arm off for a latch two that I think could be in the major leagues this year just because the team's competing. And they can do some funny stuff with him. And that is uh, Brandon, Brandon McKay, um, who's up at triple A right now. 
Dillon is actually in Pawtucket this week, but unfortunately, it looks like the play is going to be in the ground on Friday, and the series ends on Thursday. So I'm not going to get an opportunity to see Brendan McKay. I, I, I don't think they're going to play with him too long. This guy is, is ready. If you watched him pitch at all, um, even just watch some of the tape, he's just got laser focus. Um, nothing really, even when he pitches poorly or has a bat at bat or hangs something, he just sort of readjusts and it's right, right on to the next guy. You know, there's no sort of mental side of the game that he struggles with. Um, you know, he's a big two-way guy. Obviously, at Louisville, he's pretty much the most decorated collegiate player of all time. Um, he's really, at this point, I don't know, I don't really think of him as a, as a hero any longer. Um, he's a first baseman, get on base, there's a little bit of power there, um, but it's not something he's going to make his bones about. I mean, if he, as a hitter, if he wasn't a pitcher, this guy probably would be an A-ball still. Um, you know, maybe double-A and probably struggling a little bit. So, I do think we see McKay at some point this season, and I think with, you know, the Rays and the way, you know, they, they, they play the matchups, stuff that they do with, um, you know, with their, with their, with, with their openers, um, I think McKay is a guy that could potentially come in and, you know, maybe they could limit his innings a little bit by having him come in in the second and pitch four innings. Um, and, you know, he's a lefty, really good stuff, um, knows how to pitch, and I, I just think he's a guy that, you know, could potentially contribute this year. There's a lot of other guys that have kind of been a little underwhelming. I think we all hoped that Joe Dell uh, wouldn't get hurt. He would be a guy that could come up. It's probably not going to happen. Brian Hayes is on the DL aisle right now. He struggled a little bit this season as well. And then I guess the last name, but we already know this guy is Lou Urias. Um, he's been mashing in AAA. He's essentially been the best hitter in the minor leagues just about. Um, and now that you're in Alvarez and Austin Riley are up in the majors, um, he's probably the best hitter left in AAA. Um, you know, because I don't think Tucker's necessarily going to get called up. But just in terms of the numbers, he's shown a little bit more power. He added that leg kick, um, and it seems like he's been able to make the right adjustments. Um, that he's not getting out of sync any longer, and that was something that was happening last year in his cup of coffee, and then sort of in spring training in the early in the season. Um, they're, they're running out Ian Kinsler, you know, Greg Garcia. Like, it, it, there's no reason for them not to call periods. I know there were some whispers last week that he'd be called up this week. There needs to be seen. Maybe it's like a few weeks down the road, but I don't know how much longer uh, they can hold him in the minor leagues. Ralph, it's amazing. Uh, how much information you just gave us on whatever it was, seven, eight, nine players in such a short amount of time. That's really the difference between uh, a lot of the couch scouts, I think is the term, and guys who go out and uh, go out and see the reps in person. Listen, you got a ton of knowledge. Everybody go follow Ralph at Prospect Jesus on Twitter. I, I really do wish we had more time. If you're ever in New York or Long Island, just shoot me or Matt a DM or text, whatever it is. Love to talk baseball in person. We'll do. We'll get some good pizza, man. I don't get that good, good pizza in Boston. Awesome. You guys New York. My wife's from New Jersey, so I live with a pizza snob 24-7, so she's always complaining about it. We go to New York, and we got to eat, like, you know, pizza nonstop. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me on. Nice. Thanks so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, folks, there it is. That's the type of stuff you get when you're here in the Fantasy Baseball Hour, the one and only Ralph Lifshitz at Prospect Jesus. Man, he just gave us a lot of Seriously, like, just take a second, digest, go back, listen to this again, get your... I like to listen to certain podcasts with, like, a, a pad and paper. 
Twitter because I want to write down what they're going to what they say and stuff. So there's a lot of really good uh, suggestions there, chock full of information. He's one of those guys that could. I don't know if you've heard about this before. People record podcasts on their way home from work. They like set up a mic in their car because they have like a long commute. And he could do that. Talk. Yeah, hundred yep. percent. He could do that. That's fantastic. Hundred yeah, percent. That's really great. And uh, that's that's the good stuff that you'll get. So I think we covered a lot of fun stuff here today, Mike. Um, anybody on the waiver wire? Maybe you want to uh, be looking at outside of some of those rookies that that Hey Ralphie Boyd has told us about. Yeah, Oscar Mercado, twenty-seven percent on. Man, he ain't on no waiver. Actually, he might be on some waivers. On Yahoo, he got off to a slow start. I uh, I held on to him. I've had him since jump, and I've, I've held on to him. So same, it's cool. Same in Yahoo, and now we're reaping the rewards for that. Oh, yeah. uh, Kevin Biggio, twenty-three percent on. I own him. Four homers over the last seven days in three sixty-four. Savage is still at two thirty-three, but he can run a little bit against two stolen bases. He's actually doing terrible. Besides terribly, terribly. Besides anything that's not a fastball, it's an adverb, Mike. Come on, <laughs> the teachers in the room. He's actually doing terribly against anything besides fastballs. But his approach is really good. His chase rate's only at what's so funny. His chase rate's only at ten percent. So that's insane for a kid that young, and he doesn't whiff much. So things are looking pretty good for him. And Trevor Williams, who is only thirty-eight percent owned, and all he's done for the last year and a half is pitch very well and pitch quality starts. He's coming back this week against Detroit, so he should have a good start there. And he's almost like a forgotten man in fantasy baseball because the numbers don't don't jump off the page at you. So I would definitely pick up Trevor Williams if he's available. All right, so I'm going to do the rapid fire like we, we've been doing. I get my <laughs> fantasy pros email. I'm going to say a player. You're going to tell me in one or two words, yay or nay. Right, go for it. All right, this guy's 27% owned. His name is Brian Reynolds, Pittsburgh outfielder. Brian Reynolds, who you told me why are we talking about One or two Brian words, Reynolds bro. About three weeks ago when we played his oh, E3 or waiver wire as whatever it was. Right. Brian Reynolds is incredible. <laughs> Here we go. So, yeah, pick him up. All right, Jordan Lyles will come off the IL. What do you think? Uh, okay. He's okay. Fair enough. Ramon Laureano. I mean, you have to have him. And, uh, the hot streak's Didn't over. Didn't you drop no. him? Huh? Didn't you drop him? him and then I picked oh, him up. I picked him back yeah, up. In the yeah. middle of a streak. He could play. Sure. Chris Taylor? Great <laughs> arm. <laughs> Chris Taylor would play. Absolute dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love Merrill Kelly. My, my aunt's name is Merrill Yeah, he's pretty good. Doesn't strike out enough guys, but he's pretty good. He's okay. a quality start type of guy. Ian Kennedy? I'm eating my words on Ian Kennedy because he's been really good lately and he's been racking up a couple of saves. So if you have Ian Kennedy, like my friend does, who paid an insane amount of money for him after he got his first save, he texted me the other day, who was wrong about Ian Kennedy now? I guess I was. Wow. How about what happened to one or two words? <laughs> Holy cow. All right. Uh, Scott Oberg. No, what's his name? is back. How about uh, in one of my back, leagues? He sucks. He does suck. But yeah. in one of my leagues, I won't mention names, but it was definitely a trade of influence. The trade is Encarnacion and Masahiro Tanaka going one way. Matt Carpenter, Zach Davies, and Scott Oberg going the other. Is that a fair trade? No. Encarnacion and who? Tanaka? And Tanaka. That's a joke. That's, right. that's not so much better. That's bullshit. And yeah. it went through. But whatever. That's how my league Who is that? huh who did that i give you one guess yeah. yeah, he, he just influences people, and people just like, it's like they just want to be his friend. It's disgusting. But whatever, he's, he's in first place in the league, can't say anything. Is he really? Yeah, Sandy Alcantara. Decent. Joey Wendell, he's back. Uh, good hitter, Joey Wendell. All right, here's some deep league things. Uh, Adbert Alzole. 
<laughs> Jordan Beeks, Jalen Beeks, Jordan Beeks, who's Jordan Beeks? Jalen Beeks. Jalen Beeks, decent. Okay. Uh, Alize is coming up. I don't think he's pitched yet, but he's decent too. We should answer off about him. Todd Frazier? Uh, trash. Zach Collins? Uh, no, I don't know where the playing time's coming, but sure. Logan Allen we talked about. Roman Quinn, Philadelphia? Trash. Fair enough. So, who writes that article every week? It's not Michael Waterloo, is it? Let me see. I'm going to tell you right. It's Andrew Gould. Oh, okay. Gould. I know Andrew Gould. He's over at uh, Pitcherless with me. Gould. He actually does DFS at Pitcherless with me, and I bother the shit out of him all the time. Why do you bother The same reasons I bother you. Well, oh, he says it like 20 text messages in a row. He doesn't like you. I'm not the type of person that will send you 20 texts instead of one big text. What would you prefer so I know for the future? Oh, wow. Great question. Because uh, sometimes I think this goes ding, 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 ding. And inevitably, at some point, no matter how hard my girl is trying to be good, it's like, it's one of your hoods. Like, fuck, come on. I got a shit's mic. The Roto PO in my phone. Um, yeah, man, just give me one. But just, right, just That's so. what it is. doing some house cleaning here. Mike is, if this were a relationship. Just answer the text. Mike is very... Uh, once it done yesterday, Impatient. can so. never take into consideration what people have going on in their world, and it's painfully obvious. Really? Yeah. Does, does Tell your, them how you really feel. Shit. Well, it's just it's psychoanalysis. That's yeah. all it is. Does you your Does your girl picks? ever like complain? Do you want DFS picks? No. Does your girl complain ever about some personality traits of yours? Of uh, is that ever does. one of them of controlling? I'm too perfect. <laughs> Seriously. I'm serious. She says you, you always try to be too perfect. No, I'm saying that. I'm too oh, perfect. Okay, so, okay, fair enough. But what are her issues with your personality? I don't know. What is this fucking Dr. Phil? Like, I'm just asking a question. Baseball here. What do you mean? Anthony Rendon on Wednesday is 8 for 15 against Nick Pavetta with three homers. Rich Hill is facing the Giants. Think we touched the nerve. Rich Hill is facing the Giants. 2-3-3 career against San Francisco. 2-7-6 career at Dodger Stadium. Thursday, Arenado against Robbie Ray. 14 for 37 with three homers. Destroys left. Seen him enough. Justin Upton, you could play Dish either back. day and and he would be a good option against Aaron Sanchez or Clayton Richard on Wednesday or Thursday. All right, fair Tell enough. your uh, daily whatever. Win Daily Fantasy. Oh, my stuff at WinDailyDFS.com. Yeah, it's Jason Mizrahi, it's Scott Engel, it's all the guys. What I like about them is that it's not just like, hey, I like Clayton Kershaw to beat the Giants. It's There's weather, there's uh, umpire reports, there's actual Vegas sportsbook guys with the site. Like, I think it's the most informed information you can get. There's tons of avenues for information out there. But I think WinDailyDFS is the most informed information that you can get. I mean, where else you get the meteorologist telling you that the wind is blowing out at Wrigley? Here's something pretty funny. So this came out at 7.35, 14 minutes ago. Max Scherzer fouled a ball into his nose during a bunting drill on Tuesday. He's undergoing tests to determine if he has a broken nose or not. He pitches with a broken nose. This would obviously be an awful turn of events for the Nats if the nose is indeed broken. No, I don't care. I know Scherzer. I know him. He pitches. If this was a playoff game, bunting drill. he pitches. He pitches with a, a broken nose. Yeah, your nay. Uh, no. If it's a playoff game, you don't think oh, Bulldog? I'm sorry, yes. If it's a playoff game, yeah. I thought you were talking about this week. Is he the most intense player in the major leagues? Yeah, probably. They got to talk some stuff on the mound, and that pretty much does it for me. I love him. 
All right. Uh, Joe, I love you. Definitely. I got a salute. Fair enough. Uh, Mike, love might be strong, but uh, I accept you for who you are. Thank you. I appreciate it. I accept you, too. All right. Fair enough. I'll take it. All right. So that's it. Uh, good luck. Be safe. Have fun. <laughs> we'll see you out there.